0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Jim Marbot. Jim, how you doing? Pretty good. Well Good to be here. Thanks for doing this. I have the distinction and the privilege of having known your wife for quite some time, and I'm going to go on the record as saying that I asked her to be on this podcast because she is the next generation owner and the marketer at Three Rivers Running Company. I asked her to be on this podcast, and she said no. Can you believe it? I can confirm. (laughs) So you have to represent. It is tough
1: to believe. She is definitely the talker.
0: Well, we'll see if we can change that. And the two of you have a young daughter who, just as you mentioned, is turning or turned 19 months old?
1: Yep. Uh, Just about tomorrow, she will turn 19
0: months. All right. So what I have experience with having a child, but he's 22, so I forget what that period is like. What's the 19-month-old getting into?
1: Um. Everything, absolutely everything. Uh, no, it's it's a very fun period right now. Um, but anything and everything that's waist height and below, she can access, right. and um, she will scatter across the house. <laughs> and I have to save her life about five times a day. Uh, so that's that's kind of the okay the zone that we're in right now.
0: So you and Lynn both have pretty demanding jobs. How do you make it work with with a young kid? Yeah. Um, so
1: combination of um in terms of child care combination of babysitter mm-hmm. um and my mother-in-law has okay. has been gracious enough to uh watch Rhea a few times a week, and then uh, Fridays, she gets to hang out at home with me.
0: Nice, nice. Well, we won't disparage Lynn too much, or your mother-in-law may (laughs) stop watching the baby, so we'll get away from that. But we want to talk first, Jim, about your career path. And and I I know you worked for um, a different organization in the past, but I want to hear about what you were thinking about when you were a kid, when you first started thinking about where you wanted to be career wise and whether that path continued or whether you took a detour and if so, why? So where, where, where were you in terms of careers? What was that like for you when you first started thinking about it? So
1: I, you know, growing up, I I probably didn't give nearly as much thought to my career as You'd I should both. have. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, one thing that, um, that always stuck with me is I I really like to create things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when I was a little kid, I liked to create um, little mini movies or videos uh, using my my parents' um, camcorder, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would – no editing software or anything like that. Just doing, you know, straight up shooting shot, pause, shot, pause. yeah. Um, And then when I went into high school, I had the opportunity to – take vocational class, mm-hmm. uh, junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. And Belmont High School actually had a radio TV production class. Okay, yeah. Um, so you, I, it just sounded like fun. Yeah, So, sure. you know, not a whole lot of intent behind it. Yeah. Um, but my junior year, I took that class uh, with a teacher named Tom Renschler. I really liked it. Uh, got kind of a well-rounded experience mm-hmm. of broadcast. They did, uh, I think it was a weekly show. Okay. And, um, you know, we got, we got these assignments that would just be like, create a documentary Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, that kind of thing, really simple, but, um, you know, just getting my feet wet in shooting, editing, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then I liked it so much that I actually took, I took it a second year, uh, my senior year. So then, you know, when it comes time to, uh, graduate and go off to college, I was kind of looking at some different schools, um, and Ball State and Huntington, they both had, mm-hmm. um, digital media arts programs, I think is what they called them at the time. Sure. Um, and I had a couple friends going to Huntington, Huntington offered me a little more financial yep. aid. And so sure. I was like, Hey, let's, let's, let's go to Huntington.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm biased cause they're an Asher client, but they have a great <laughs> program in, yeah. in that area. So. I would imagine it wasn't all that long ago, but the equipment was very different than what you're working on today. Yeah. 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 So um, that was that an interest in the journalism side initially. I know you said it really wasn't a well-rounded or you didn't have a specific idea, Mm -hmm. but were you leaning towards journalism? Not really. Yeah. Um, You know, I was, I was more interested
1: in film. Okay. Straight up film. Okay. I didn't, didn't have a ton of direction. Yeah. uh, Or... Yeah, I, I didn't have a goal. Yeah, uh, I would say, um, but I think as I got into the program, I, I started to um, I started to find my interest. You know, I, I really liked some of the documentary work I was doing. Yeah, um, you know, I really had a knack for cinematography, and that's I sort of gravitated towards that. Um, so it's it's one of those things. that's just I I kind of had to do it trial and error style sure. to figure out exactly what I wanted.
0: Yeah. So you, you go from Huntington. Do you go right into the job with Debrand?
1: Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And
0: how do you how do you get there? How do you get from Huntington to working for a well known Fort Wayne company? Yeah.
1: So uh one of my good friends, Josh Wickersham, former guest of the pod. That's correct. Yes. Um, he actually he, he got a position You he graduated, got a position at Debrand okay. there before I did. Um so that was my connection yep. to DeBrand. Um so the year I graduated, um, yeah, I, st- I started working there pretty much just a few months after the summer ended. Sure, you know?
0: sure. So, how long are you at DeBrand brand, and and how do you find your way to the next the next job?
1: Yeah, so I was at DeBrand brand for uh, four years mm-hmm. and um, kind of doing a, a hybrid model job where half the time I was I was in the office yep. working, I was doing. Video, photo, social media—just mm-hmm. uh, kind of jack of all trades. I got to go to trade shows, mm-hmm. which was a really cool experience. Yeah, um, and then the other half of the time, I was in the retail store, mm-hmm. um, and so I got I got some experience with management there, mm-hmm. which was also something that's that's been beneficial since. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then my manager at Brand, she actually uh, left to get a job at her hometown, uh, in Syracuse, uh, uh, at Pollywood. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that was my connection to Pollywood. You know, she, she went, she made the move to Pollywood and then probably about a year later, uh, started, you know, hitting me up and just kind of seeing, seeing what I was thinking in terms of like my career path. And that kind of got the ball rolling on that move.
0: And was it a video position initially?
1: it was okay yeah so and it it was all new
0: yeah so so
1: polywood um you know they've they've been around for a while Mm -hmm. founded in 1990 um but up to that point they were doing primarily um you know selling to the brick and mortar stores Mm -hmm. and national accounts Mm -hmm. uh there was no there was no e-commerce website Mm -hmm. and not really much of a brand to speak of sure um, aside from just, hey, these are the selling points yeah. of the furniture itself. Yeah. And then dealers and national accounts, you figure out how to market it.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, Polywood is one of those companies, really impressive company. And it kind of snuck up on me. I mean, I've lived in this area for 20 years and I heard the name and I knew people had Pollywood furniture, but I, A, didn't, had no idea it was headquartered in Syracuse. And B, I didn't know how much national reach it had. As a matter of fact, in prepping for this conversation, which listeners was supposed to happen weeks ago, but Jim and I got our lines crossed. I made him make an unnecessary trip to Asher. So thanks for coming back. But in prepping for that, I was listening to some podcasts and I was like, wow, this is a really big brand. Um, Is that the result of changes that have been made more recently, or has that always been the case? And it just kind of eluded me.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it was um, in 2018 mm-hmm. when we we launched. 2017, 2018 mm-hmm. uh, uh, is when we launched the uh, retail site, and so since then, it's really been we've really been pushing to yeah. build the brand. Um, you know, we have the benefit of being the originators of you know the the, the poly lumber yep. uh, furniture in the industry. Um, and it, it, it's kind of like the Kleenex thing, where people just associate uh, polywood mm-hmm. with you know any poly lumber. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's pros and cons to that. But yeah. in terms of like you know reach, in terms of like SEO and, mm-hmm. and those types of things, like we had that that element locked down pretty well. Uh, before the brand was ever even really launched okay. from an e-commerce standpoint.
0: All right. So so it's always been a successful company, but accelerated its growth in the past few years. So to take a step backwards for people who, a few people who may not be familiar with the name of the co- name of the company, tell us how you describe Polywood when someone asks you, where do you work?
1: Yeah. So um, in terms of what we do, you know, Polywood manufactures outdoor furniture out of, recycled plastics, mm-hmm. uh, specifically number two plastics. So your milk jugs, detergent containers, uh, you know, anything that's got the number two stamped on the yep. bottom. Um, that's the type of plastics that we use. Uh, and we, we manufacture uh, everything from your Adirondack chairs uh, that you see out on mm-hmm. piers and on people's back porches and things like that. To rocking chairs, we do deep seating uh you know and we're ever
0: expanding into different types of furniture sure so how how big is the team you're part of and talk about your role within that team
1: sure uh so yeah we have an internal creative team Mm -hmm. and i want to say we have nine members now yeah uh don't hold me to that all right (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's right around there
0: um so I'm sorry, what was the rest of the question? And what's your role on the team? Yeah. So it, it sounds like, um, from from what I understand, you're focused on the video side. Correct. Um, and how many other folks are doing just that? Or do you wear multiple hats? How does all that work? Yeah,
1: so the creative team is broken into, um, we have an imagery team, we have design, and then there's video. So imagery, yep. you know, they're doing the still photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, do, we, we do in-house rendering. Yeah. Um, of like, you know, studio, uh, studio images and things like that. And then we have our design team. They're doing all the, all the design works for emails, ads, all that kind of thing. And then the video team. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so on the video team, there are three of us now, uh, for a long time, it was just me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, within, you know, the past year and a half or so, we've added two new team members. Um, so yeah, we're, we're creating all kinds of different video assets, anything from, you know, ads that you'd see on social media to how to videos, um, as well as, you know, that for the Pollywood brand specifically, but then we're also creating assets for the national accounts that we work Mm -hmm. with. A lot of them, you know, they have some. Anytime you can get them video content, they oh, absolutely sure. want it. Oh, uh, yeah. So they're kind of lining up for, for that that kind of thing that'll help build out the products that they have on their website.
0: Yeah. So how seasonal is the production work? In in talking with our mutual friend, Josh, we were talking about the hard task he has of having to be out on boats in the summer. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. um, a job that most people would love. But is there any seasonality to your work or is it kind of equally spread out throughout the yeah, year? Yeah.
1: So for the creative team... It's pretty spread out throughout the year. Yeah. You know, we're doing a lot of work in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to work, you know, three months in advance sure. or so, um, depending on, you know, what we're working on. But, uh, yeah, we're trying to get things done in advance. Um, in terms of the the actual physical production of the furniture, you know, we're we're talking springtime is yeah. springtime through early summer mm-hmm. is really... Uh, their busy season, and then yeah. you know it, it tapers off through the fall. And sure, then, I guess you would say winter is like down season, but there's really no down season yeah. anymore. Yeah, um, you know, with with a lot of the push pushes that we're doing. Sure, um,
0: sure. So so in terms of the challenges, you know, wh- one of the things that has been a change in my career is that, and, and I'm I'm old. Let me just disclaim that. So um, pre pre uh broadband internet video was a rarity Mm -hmm. You, you shot it you know you know maybe for a client once or twice a year max it was big production um and it was it was infrequent and it was somewhat expensive and fast forward to 2022 when video is now frequent and varying degrees of cost depending on the the application how do you keep that beast fed and what are some of the challenges you face in doing that?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, as you, as you, as you've stated, it's definitely a lot cheaper than it used to be. Um, you know, a lot of what we do takes a lot of time, Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. And there, there's definitely high demand. Um, so, yeah, definitely prioritizing and um knowing when to say no mm-hmm. <laughs> is yeah. is really important. Um so I guess getting getting data driven information on on uh on what we're we're producing is really really important. Yeah. Uh and that's something that you know, our 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 team uh, as a whole has really been has really been pushing for um because you know, if if there's no Data or strategy Mm -hmm. given, then you know there can just be requests. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everything is everything's a priority. Wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at social media analytics, Google Analytics, to determine what are people responding to, and then yep,
1: and then you know, in the case of national counts or whatever, it it could be volume of a specific product, and you know, if if there's enough volume, maybe we'll make video assets. There's just, a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion goes into determining yeah what gets made.
0: Well, and I would imagine that when COVID hit, <laughs> all the logic went out the window because I would imagine huge demand and then challenges with supply chain and you just have to do the best to keep up that you can. Yeah.
1: So we were actually really fortunate um, that Hollywood is Pretty vertically like vertically integrated, mm-hmm. so we're not really like, reliant on, um, you know, importing things yeah. for uh, in terms of like materials and yeah. things like that. Um, you know, we make our, we make our own lumber. The plastic that we're sourcing is semi-local. Mm-hmm. You know, from Indiana and the surrounding states. Yeah, um, and. So,
0: yeah, we were able to keep chugging along. Well, that's great. That's a huge advantage, especially now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. when yeah, when sure. some
1: of our competitors, you know, they just weren't because they were outsourcing yeah. uh, that stuff from other places. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was no slowing down during the pandemic. And in terms of, like, what our team was doing, we just kind of did what we could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do a decent amount of traveling um, to to do photo shoots yep. and video shoots. Um, so we're we're kind of limited uh, during that time. Uh, so, yeah, we've been making up some ground recently.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the things, and, and obviously only share what you're comfortable sharing, but some of the things you're working on now. Are you working on holiday, stuff that will appear around the end of the year? Or are you further out than that? And, and what are some of the big projects that are on your plate right now?
1: Yeah. Um, so one, one really cool thing um, that... Uh, that I've gotten to work on this year is the the video assets that are related to our new designer series. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the past, uh, our, our, our general Hollywood brand it's it's people would refer to it as like cottage furniture, mm-hmm. um, kind of really classic designs and yep. things like that, and some stuff that gets into the modern, uh, more modern aesthetic. Um, but we've launched a new, we're calling it the Hollywood Designer series, and it's more high design stuff, okay um, a lot more modern and um, there's just a lot more uh, design work that goes into it. There's you know a lot more like handcrafted um, elements to it. And so we've partnered with um, uh, design ambassadors for mm-hmm. for the new lines that we're putting yep. out. And so we're doing, we're, we're doing an initial launch with three different collections. And so we've partnered with a, a different ambassador for each collection. Yeah. And, um, so we're doing a, a video and video assets related to all those launches. Um, so that's been a really cool project that I've been working on recently. Uh, have two of those down and uh, one more to go. Okay. Um, so, and that's definitely something where production values kind of, uh, at a premium oh, for, uh, sure. for those projects. We we really want the assets that we're putting out to match the quality of the product and you know that kind of high design yeah.
0: feel. Yeah, for sure. Well, one of the podcasts I listened to was actually, I think it was a trade show in Vegas, and it was all about interior design and Pollywood's role in that, which I didn't anticipate, maybe I should have, but it was kind of interesting to hear because – they were talking about some, you know. I, I was I was conditioned to okay, Pollywood is the traditional Adirondack chair, but they were talking about some different facets that I wasn't yet aware of. So it, it's all starting to line up now. For yeah. Me. So um, <laughs> yeah, and that's a big part of it is like
1: is is um, you know taking something that looks like it would be designed for interior use yeah. and bringing that outside and and you know helping people make their exterior. Um, living areas, kind of an extension of their yeah. interiors. That's that's you know kind of a, a big mantra for us in general. Yeah, uh, um, something that we're we're striving to do as a brand. Um, but specifically with the designer series and in some of those uh, design elements, you're you're seeing a lot more of that.
0: Yeah. So in terms of how much you can predict, you know what's going to happen a few months down the line. Um, there's so many variables that go into video. You have to, sometimes the weather's got to be right. There's, you know, talent considerations. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the, the the attention spans of the audience. How are you addressing some of those concerns? Is there anything that you've found is, is helpful or anything that you're doing to kind of manage those challenges and make it more likely that at the end of the day you're going to turn out something that is going to work three months down the line with all those variables?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, in general, we, we – when we're setting out to produce something, we definitely want to make sure it's evergreen. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, yeah, if we're putting a bunch of time and resources into um, a specific video asset, we usually try to make sure it's multi-use. Yep. You know, so if we're going on a photo shoot, we want to make sure we're getting photography out of it, we're getting video yep. out of it, we're getting product shots out of it, mm-hmm. and also getting um, you know really good high quality footage with people enjoying the furniture. Okay. Um so that's that's kind of our um our general format. Yeah. And that's something we, we try to abide by. Yeah. You know, anytime we're we're dedicating resources to uh, content generation, we want to make sure we're we're getting all those elements and then plus, you know, social yeah. blog. We're kind of tie, tying everything together. And you know, that kind of makes for a nice cohesive um you know all around brand content push. Yeah. Cause just everything works together.
0: So a related question. And, and if, if this question makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to video, I absolutely don't. So it may be a bad question, <laughs> but you know, with social media being where it is today, are you having to account for this may be vertical, this may be horizontal. And, and when the product is kind of the hero, what challenges does that bring in that you're dealing with from sort of a direction standpoint? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, uh, Being, being more like a, of a cinematographer mind, I obviously am drawn towards your standard horizontal vertical video. Um, So yeah, vertical video sometimes makes me cringe a little bit, but it's definitely something that we need to plan for. Um, yeah, it's any, anytime we're shooting now, we want to make sure we're getting, you know, wide variations of the, the standard shots that we're shooting stuff that we can crop for social. Yeah um, that's, that's always something that we're considering.
0: Yeah. So yet another variable you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 So, um, let's pivot to some of the more quick hit questions I wanted to ask you. And the first one has to do with careers. You've done a couple different things. You've worked as a team of one and now you're managing people. What have you learned in all that, that you think is advice worth passing on in terms of how you build a successful career, a fulfilling career?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know one thing that that I've found challenging moving from you know kind of one man band to um to a larger team is just kind of letting go of the control mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I think st- setting a standard and um, kind of enforcing that standard mm-hmm. is really important, and I think that's that's how you get um you know high quality uh product. Every time you do it, even if you're not hands on yeah. in every aspect of it, um, so I think that's that's something that you know I've recently had to yeah uh, become better at.
0: Well, I think it's I think it's making the imperatives unmistakable, mm-hmm. but everything else kind of letting some stuff go because if if you try to communicate. That everything is an imperative, that's micromanagement, doesn't work. But if you can say, hey, here are the three to five things that we got to deliver every single time, how you get there is up to you. I think that tends to go a little bit better. Yeah. So the second quick hit question has to do with. It, and I'm going to give you an option here of either talking about something related to Hollywood or something related to the world of video, but what's a myth or misconception that you want to clear up or something maybe that's underappreciated that you want to amplify something that most people may not know as well as they should, or they may know something that isn't all that true.
1: Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we can come back to that one. If you want you Might stump me with that one. <laughs> um, I mean, I think,
1: I think the biggest thing that's misunderstood probably is just the amount of time and resources that that go into this type of content creation. Mm-hmm. You know, even even the stuff you're seeing nowadays on like YouTube content creators like you know, there's there's differences in in quality and things like that, but still the 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 amount of like time and planning that that go into making a good product, um it's it's hard to like overstate that. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Well, and you can see when it's not done well, but sometimes it's hard to understand everything goes into avoiding that and making it look good. Yeah. Yeah, And sometimes when
1: you, um, you know, when you open up the curtain and kind of reveal to some people how the sausage is made, it's like, Oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And now I see why this takes so long. Yeah. Um, And so I think it helps to be like, it helps to be patient and Mm -hmm. in those situations and, um, communicate with uh, the people you're working with.
0: So, you know, not everyone is going to have your eye, your background, your training, but there's a lot of, for one of a better term, and I would include myself in this very much, a lot of amateurs who are shooting video out of necessity. What's a What's a tip? You don't have to give away all your trade secrets, but for the average person, let's say the average marketer who's trying to shoot video, maybe they're a team, fully a team of one where they're developing social media content and posting it and responding to comments and writing news releases. What do you think people should really focus on if they want to do it well and they don't have the training or background that someone like you has?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just need to get the reps in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's not live. Yeah, You you have as many takes as, yeah. I mean, obviously sometimes there's time constraints, but, um, I think, even if even if you're not like super skilled or or you don't necessarily have like the background, I think just familiarizing yourself with the techniques and just getting the reps in is that's a formula for you know, making something that's worth watching.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to share everything publicly. That is an experiment, right? There's plenty of opportunity to shoot stuff and edit it and take a second look at it without it ever seeing the light of day. One one of my more recent mantras, I didn't always follow this advice and still sometimes don't, is done beats perfect. You know, right now with as much content as there is out there, if you wait until you've perfected it, there's six competitors who are getting content that's good enough out the door. Um, All right, last question, and it's related, but you can take it in a different direction if you want. What's one thing you use in your work? And it could be related to video or it could be entirely different. It could be a tip, a trick, a tool, a hack, whatever you want to call it. Something you use that you rely on that that deserves a little bit of promotion of itself. Something that is maybe underappreciated. Mm. We've had people say Google. We've had people say pen and paper. So it can be just about anything.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do like the Google suite.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it's, it's very, very handy. Um, I, I think I'll take the tip route. Um, mm-hmm. one thing that I've, that I, that I get questions about a lot from, you know, people that don't necessarily have a background, um, in video is just like, just like, how do I edit? How do mm-hmm. I, how do I get started with editing? And there's a lot of tools out there. There's a lot of free tools, um, One that I really like is DaVinci Resolve. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's made by a company called Blackmagic, and they have a free version, and it's professional grade editing software. Okay, and you know it it can import pretty much any footage
0: you like. Um, Is it it, Mac only? Mac and PC platform. I believe it's Mac. I I use Mac, but I believe
1: it's Mac and PC. Okay, Um, and so. I think that's a really great tool if, if people are just getting started. They don't want to, like, sink, you know, money into getting the Adobe Suite. Um, I think that's that's a good tool for a bit of a learning curve. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, you know, you can learn technique-wise. You can learn pretty much anything you need to know on
0: YouTube. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: I've learned so much on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, techniques for uh, Adobe Premiere and After Effects and things like that. Um, So if you dedicate the time to learning those programs, um, you can really – you don't need to – (laughs) Yeah. you don't need to take a class
0: necessarily. Well, and it's – I'm glad you brought that up because it's a huge advantage today that honestly is fairly new. Uh, This is going to this is going to date me and I don't even need any help doing that. But when I started my career, you know, some of the prerequisites, I, I was an English major. I had no real skills and jobs were asking for things like, you need to know Lotus 1-2-3, precursor to Microsoft Excel, those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. And I literally would watch VHS videos, right? But it was hard to access that. Whereas today, the, the barrier is time. It's all out there. Anything you want to learn is out there. It's just a matter of making it a priority and going through, as you say, the reps of, okay, I'm going to learn from someone else. Then I'm going to apply it immediately. because so if I don't, I probably didn't learn much and going to need to do it again. So I really like that advice. Um, in, in terms of some of the stuff you find, even as someone who's now seasoned and who was given a formal education, what are some of the things you're having to spend time learning or relearning? Is it just changes in technology or or is it tactics for videographers? What are, what are you having to pick up on these days?
1: Yeah. So, you know, one thing I really just love to geek out about is just new equipment. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I I'm always researching and, and trying to figure out like what the new equipment is, how it's being used. Um, so I think that's one thing I, I really like to keep track of um, in terms of like learning techniques there's always stuff that pops up. Sure, you can always learn more. Sure. Um, so I can't think of any like specific examples, yeah. but um, you know, After Effects is one thing that I, I really like to dive in. Sure, uh, and just learn new because the, you know you can do so many things with that tool. Yeah, um, it's it's very yeah. There, there's not a whole lot of limits to what you can do with it. So um, that's something that. I, I believe, can really, really boost uh, the production value of what you're doing. Um, so that's one thing I always like to learn more about.
0: Yeah, probably a full-time job in itself trying yeah. to keep up oh, absolutely, with the absolutely. absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, I
1: think I think maybe one of our next hires uh, on the Polywood video team will hopefully be a motion graphics person because uh, that's something that – my team handles and none of us are are really uh, well, super experts set, right it's it's oh, different yeah, than absolutely. the skill set yeah. for
0: shooting live video so yeah. Yeah.
1: especially especially in ads these days
0: yeah yeah. so if someone is out there who has an aspiration to work for Pollywood and you do motion graphics keep an eye yeah. on Indeed and other jobs there might be
1: a job sets. posting soon
0: alright well Jim thanks for doing this I really appreciate it um, really appreciate your time and hearing more about the work you're doing in Pollywood and all those good things absolutely thanks for having me uh, well and thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this week's episode of the Azure Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.